I remember the first time I got a box of 64 crayons. That was the big one. The granddaddy of the Crayola family of products, and it even had a sharpener built into the back of the box. It wasn't just filled with crayons, it was filled with possibility. So many drawings and colorings in to be done. For a long time, I didn't color anything with it. I just stared at the box, occasionally taking a crayon out and marveling at its perfection. The first day I began using them, I accidentally snapped one while coloring too hard. The sound of that snap was, in a word, exquisite. I looked at the broken crayon in my hand and then at the box. One by one, I pulled every single crayon out and broke it in half, becoming more entranced with each snap. When they were all broken, I looked down at the carnage I had left on the floor and began crying. I ran to my mom and told her all of my crayons were somehow broken and I needed a new box. To her esteemed credit, she refused. You broke it. Now you have to live with it. It is for this reason that I have yet to muster the confidence to get a tattoo. I can't quite deal with the permanence of it. I remember those broken crayons on the floor and I think I never want to do something I can't undo ever again. But then I remember the sound of that snap. This is Stupid Human Suits. metaphor for our marriage and welcome to stupid human suits i'm sean crespo that was carol hartzell my wife we are here uh as always at the creek in the cave in long island city with our producer megan fierro megan Megan. and we are very excited about today's guest his name is bob we will uh ask him if he wants his last name out there in the universe (laughs) afterwards and he's a tattoo artist from leeds in the uk Uh, i believe you might be our first overseas guest sir so thank you so much for joining us bob thanks for having me yeah it's super exciting we're very uh uh, international this week. Oh, we're so international. <laughs> we're like Cafe Olay. You've made it. <laughs> We've arrived, everybody. Um, what is it like five days later over there? <laughs> we're still in there, 73. Oh, cool. <laughs> um, now, now, with Brexit, though, I think that makes you five days ahead. Oh, yeah. Like that, yeah. Right? Hard I Brexit. I, I know exactly That's how That's a works. hard Brexit. <laughs> um, hey, so, Bob. Uh, can you uh, tell us a little about yourself? You're a, you're a tattoo artist in Leeds. Uh, how did you how did you start getting into that? Where, where when did the interest first start uh, peak itself? Yeah, well, for me, um, I left home at 17, moved out <clears throat> into um, a shared accommodation with some friends, uh, one of whom was a lady from Australia. Uh, she was a tattoo artist. She did a lot of my tattoos, and just through her. Um, kind of saw how her day-to-day life was um really appealed to me the the freedom you know being your own boss being able to be creative i was watching her drawing at home and and then uh she tattooed me when i was 18 was that and, your first uh, tattoo? and that, that was pretty much it um i was just sold on the on the whole thing was that your first tattoo yeah what was it uh, <laughs> so <laughs> it was um and well and still is um they're kind of permanent like that. Yeah. Um, it's on my calf, uh, covering the whole calf, and it's it's everything. If you kind of took a lucky dip handful of tattoo cliches and threw them <laughs> at a wall, it would just be whichever one's kind of stuck. So it's like a, a heart with wings and roses, and there's fire on the top and a cobweb underneath, and and then a cool little straight-edge straight, straight edge catchphrase underneath because that's what was going on for me at the time. Oh, wow. That Like, that's like a little, almost literally a snapshot of your life. <laughs> oh, yeah, 100%, yeah. Were you nervous about getting it? Like, were you worried about it being painful or were you worried about permanence? I, um, I, 
I apologize. I've not, I've not listened to any previous episodes, so <laughs> oh, I don't no, know what no. the tone is. So I'm going to moderate my language as best I can. Oh, don't, no, don't um, moderate your language don't. at yeah. all. <laughs> oh, well, yeah, I was fucking terrified. Yeah. It was, yeah, big time. What uh, what got you over the, the hump to do it? Um, Just that absolute drive to want to look cool. <laughs> <laughs> um, and yeah, I had a couple of friends, same age, that had started getting tattoos. And then a lot of my because, you know, moving out of home quite early um, compared to my peers and a lot of my friends were older and were already quite heavily tattooed and just, you know, looking up to the uh, the older guys and wanting to fit in. Mm-hmm. Can I ask, was, uh, like, moving out early, was that just, a, you know, a, an uncomfortable family situation? or Yeah, about a whole bunch of things, really. Just um, not a lot of room at home, kind of me being a young, typical teenage boy with a stepdad and things clashing, and mm. as they do, but obviously that's just typical hormonal nonsense, <laughs> and it all kind of settled down one side left. So, yeah, I, I think I was a little unprepared, but other than that, it's definitely the right thing at the time. Are you guys all copacetic now? You're all like... Yeah, 100%. It's massive improvements to our relationship, just not being under each other's feet all the time. Isn't that crazy? Like, it's, yeah. it seems so obvious, and yet uh, and see, it's impossible for, you know, kids of a certain age to get out, but, like, if they're that whole it takes a village thing it, it really if you could have you know ex- an ex- really extended family so you go stay at an uncle or aunt's for a few weeks i think it'd save a lot of like immediate families oh from man I, I had a bunch of that growing up yeah and, I, and like you say it's that whole kind of lens of being able to look back and realize how important it was and you know having kids of my own and like you say the whole takes a village is so true i mean yeah. don't want to don't want to make this whole podcast about me and my <laughs> you know i was still started when i was <laughs> um but yeah Totally. Well, um, so the our podcast is called Stupid Human Suits. It's a reference from a movie. I don't know if you saw Donnie Darko. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. It's the little rabbit guy while you're wearing cool. a stupid human suit. So it's uh, the Frank. podcast is, uh, we talk to a lot of different people. It's not just about death. It's about the fact that we are these conscious beings trapped in these ridiculous meat suits. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, and you, in particular, you make permanent additions to those suits. I spoil them. Yeah. <laughs> Well, yeah, that kind of gets to the point. Like, my, the, the permanence thing is, is a, a real thing for me. Um, whenever I think about tattoos, uh, I think about... I had a surgery when I was 19 to correct scoliosis, and it was called spinal fusion with rods. And the rods are metal rods that they put in your back, and they hold your spine straight so that you don't walk around wobbly anymore. And mm-hmm. I remember distinctly the night before the surgery having a complete meltdown, not because I was worried about, you know, going under and dying or anything like that or it just not working, just that it was a permanent change mm-hmm. to my body. Like, they're, they're not coming out. I can't, like, the next day be like, you know, I kind of don't want these things in there anymore. <laughs> and it it really freaked me out. So I'm, I'm yeah. always fascinated by people who get lots of tattoos and do a, you know, a lot of body change. Yeah, was there a sense of permanence with everything that like were you thinking like, oh man, this is this is forever? It, um it wasn't until later that that first evening when I got home <laughs> and I showered and kind of cleaned and I remember laying in bed that night and just thinking, oh shit, what have I done? <laughs> um but you know, I think it's not going anywhere, is it? So you kind of quickly have to adjust. And then once once you get over that initial oh dear then um it's the first one the first one breaks the seal and then you can just kind of exactly yeah Mm. exactly what uh i mean tattoo art is it's obviously an art form there you have to like be a good illustrator and stuff but what is the the feeling of um 
art on your body that's different from art that you put on a canvas? The feeling, what you mean, like physically or the? Uh, the I do appeal? want to talk. I do want to talk about the the, the physical, physical part, but, but um, but yeah, no, yeah. I'm just I because I used to be a painter and I remember looking mm -hmm. at the. We, I'd have a blank canvas. And again, like kind of not want to start the painting because I didn't want to fuck yeah. up the blank canvas. I mean, just is there think, or is um, it a higher stakes art form in a way? Yeah, yeah. I think that, that I mean, it, I reckon it's one of those things. If you ask 10 different people, you'll get 10 different answers. Mm -hmm. mm. Um, but I think for a lot of people, you know, I've, I've popped a lot of uh, people's tattoo cherries. And <laughs> I think it's, um, for one part, I think the appeal is the permanence, mm -hmm. and it's that kind of autonomy of your own body, and um, you know, it's kind of you taking control and saying, "Well, I'm I'm making this decision, and this is a permanent thing, and it's me that's that's dictating that." You know, that's the, um, the control. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's kind of a control thing, and whether you know, some people need it, some people don't, but at the same time, I think it's quite. Uh, liberating in a way to say well yeah like this like you say this is the meat suit I've had for at least 18 years hopefully and um, and I'm I'm making a change to it and because I said so you know yeah it's like um, you, you like can't take. you can't control where you're born or what your name is or how many fingers and toes exactly. you have and stuff like that but yeah. yeah if you want an eagle that's eating a possum <laughs> on your back you can have it that's it that's it so yeah I think it's that it's that aspect of permanence that appeals to a lot of people it's it's like I say, just being able to have that autonomy over what's happening to your body, and, and I think a lot of people like that. Um, and also, as well, I mean, it's it's less of a thing these days with how mainstream it is, um, but I think there still is that aspect of it being a little bit naughty, um, a bit of a counterculture kind yeah. of, you know, rejection. Of, I suppose it's these days it's more uh, of a rejection of the norm to not have a tattoo. But um, <laughs> yeah, but, but I think initially there is that feeling of like, you know, yeah, fuck you. Yeah, I'm 42. If I if I went home with a tattoo, I would get a stern talking to from my elderly yeah. parents. Yeah, she's from Alabama, so they would they would absolutely be like, Carol, why, why do you have to do this? God gave you a beautiful suit. You ruined it. So, do you work out of your uh, apartment? Do you have a studio or your flat? I work in a in a studio. Uh, yeah, where basically the the way it works over here in, in most cases is that individual artists will be self-employed and then you work for a studio that provides you know the building and and you kind of just pay a cut to the house oh and it's like a, that you kind of yeah you manage yourself it's like a barber shop here yeah i wonder yeah. if that's kind of yeah um so uh going back to that first tattoo how hmm. badly did it hurt do you know what i think it's to this day one of the easiest i've ever had really and Is it's it just that's a really really common with a lot of people's first times is big because it's that whole fear of the unknown. You you assume it's going to be so much worse than it is, um, so that expectation is so much higher mm. that the reality is usually a pleasant surprise. Mm -hmm. So if you kind of psych yourself up for this, you know, excruciating experience when it actually happens, a lot of people kind of think, oh, well, that, that wasn't so bad. Um, and then it's the second one that gets you because you get cocky. <laughs> I handled that like a pro. Let's do this on my shin <laughs> exactly. and my knee and my teeth. As a kid, I saw the um, the comedy parody Saturday the Fourteenth, oh. and uh, I didn't understand that it was a comedy par parody. I thought it was a horror movie, and I thought that, well, I can handle that. I'm going to go watch Friday the Thirteenth, oh. the, the movie that came before. <laughs> <laughs> that did not work out. Was that the one with the paperclip? The guy was murdering people with paperclips. Oh, I don't even remember it now. I just remember yeah. it being 
really bad and oh. silly. But I thought I was just a the bravest kid ever. You're you're not. No, you weren't. Not at all. You're a coward. <laughs> I married a coward. Um. So enough about Sean. Um. <laughs> how many tattoos do you have now? Yeah. Uh, I couldn't tell you. No mm. idea. Wow. Um. They all just kind of. Are you covered? Like, do you have the the full? Oh, I've still got a bunch of space. I've got all the easy bits done. Um. <laughs> what are the hard bits? Uh. Basically, a lot of people ask this, and I. I I'm assuming it might be on your list of questions, maybe, but it's, yeah. it's though is which is the most painful, you know, where's yes. the most painful place to get a tattoo? Um, and again, it's different for everybody, but generally, there's this misconception, I think, about, well, that place is bony, this place is fleshy, mm-hmm. um, and the bony place is going to hurt more. When actually getting a tattoo on on your bum uh, or your butt is, uh, <laughs> is one of the most painful places. It sucks so bad. And generally, if you think where on your body is sensitive, so if you think where you might be ticklish, no. for example, even if you know you might not be a ticklish person, but if you think about where those places typically are, so like armpits, ribs, mm. you know, stomach, that kind of thing, um, they're generally the most painful places. Um, pretty much anywhere on the torso, really. But um, I mean, my hypothesis, and you know, take it with a grain of salt, because I didn't even uh, go to university, um, is that it's generally those are the parts of your body that are saying take care of these areas there's vital organs here mm. um or you know big arteries so like your inner thigh pretty mm. painful things like that so i imagine that that's that's your body's way of saying these parts are sensitive because they're important so you know if you feel pain here then stop what you're doing and pay attention um so whereas limbs arms legs not as important and don't hurt so much and also it's about how much exposure those parts of the body will get so therefore how deadened they kind of are to the elements so again arms and legs mm-hmm. a little easier than somewhere like your stomach or yeah what's uh, what's <laughs> our, our producer megan was showing us something um she showed us a photo of uh people who had had uh their their dongs tattooed the, the, word, the technical word is penis penis Sean. uh and just uh-huh. i saw the photo and just i my I just i got so horrified thinking about how painful that must be do people really do that a lot um it's not it's not common i've never done one um but yeah it's kind of one of those things we always talk about like well you know would you do it and i think i would if, if somebody asked this it kind of gets to a point where you stop seeing it as like, you know, for example, if you're tattooing high up on a girl's ribs, you know, she might need to take a bra off or something and you, you don't even notice there's boobs there. Cause yeah. It's, yeah. it's just like, you know, like you say, it's a piece of meat. You're just, this is what I'm drawing on right now. And this is just a piece of skin and whatever else is going on is kind of irrelevant to me. Um, and I think it would be a similar kind of feeling tattooing a penis. I think it's just, you yeah. know, it's just another bit of meat, I suppose. But God, no, I've never been so asked. weird. I know that well. I've heard uh, various uh, wives' tales about the uh, technique. I I wanted. Yeah. To, I know you haven't done it. I'm, sure but I'm do. just trying to imagine so because you wanted. One guy to... um, said so. Basically, in the UK, we have the term the semi-on. If you're familiar <laughs> yeah. with the, the semi-chub, it's not, uh-huh. yeah. um, and apparently that's the ideal. Uh, tensile surface that you want to be working with <laughs> no. so <laughs> so they have I to think, have a good um, friend with they them. have to kind of get a little wind in the sails so to speak and then you um put an elastic band around the base no! 
<laughs> to, keep, to keep the blood in there. And I've heard all kinds of tips and tricks to, uh, to, to, to get it going. Apparently toothpaste on the tip what? is, uh, what? is an old favourite. No. But, yeah, I've, why, why? this could just, this again, just disclaimer, this could just be one guy pulling my leg <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and making me put toothpaste on a man's penis. I but, love it. I haven't encountered it yet, so I cannot <laughs> confirm or deny. Oh, that's fucking so horrifying to think about. So, like the time it takes. Like how long? Let me. How long was the when somebody did your calf? How long did that take? Well, I did it over two sessions, um, and honestly, I can't remember now. We're talking, you know, twelve yeah. years ago. Um, so I would guess it took the whole thing. I would assume maybe like five hours. God damn. So I did it in two sittings because I was, you know, 18 and poor and couldn't afford it all at once. Mm. Um, but yeah, I think it was about five hours total. What's the, um, what's the just most intricate or most difficult job you've done? Most intricate or difficult? I mean, intricate, there's, um, there's a limit to that kind of thing with mm -hmm. what you can get away with because of how tattoos age over time and how the the lines settle in and you want things ideally to, to look good forever you don't want to be there's no sense in just making a tattoo look nice for a photograph mm. and then having it age really badly um which unfortunately i don't think everybody feels that way but there's a there's a kind of general consensus that's how we should approach it um but in terms of most difficult that's generally down to the placement to be honest i mm -hmm. uh, struggle with ribs a fair amount um, it's, it's really kind of stretchy if you think it's like it's a really big piece of skin that has to move a lot you know as your body mm. yeah, you, you can't see me right now but I'm kind of like rocking side to side mm -hmm. in a little jig and if you think how <laughs> your ribs have to stretch when you do that and now you're doing it um, yeah. then it's uh, so yeah it's a really stretchy piece of skin and also it's really sensitive so the, the clients generally struggle to keep still and just a bit of a recipe for disaster so that that's always a tricky one do you um, hold, do you hold it flat yeah. when you're do you have somebody hold it flat is it just you yeah, when you're doing it yourself yeah so if, if you're right-handed or you yep so your dominant hand will be holding the machine and your non-dominant hand will be stretching the skin oh. between your thumb and well the rest of your hand basically how do you prepare to do like your first tattoo like how do you practice yeah that seems really scary man yeah it, it is yeah i mean you work your way up so for me uh, i start on fruit so uh, uh, grapefruit, oranges, bananas, mm. um, and then you work up. Uh, I did pig skin, but not everyone does. Uh, it's kind of gross. But, like uh, on a that's, live that's pig or, or just a... Yeah. No, 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 just from the butchers. You can just buy it. Like, you know, <laughs> well, I don't know. Throw it away. People are hard to hold on. You think I mean, you can hold if, a pig if you, could, if you can catch one, I think it's frowned upon. <laughs> but, you know, it would be the coolest tattoo on the farm. Yeah. pig on the farm. That pig. Um, That'll do, pig. <laughs> if you found that one rebellious pig that wants to <laughs> give a big fuck you to its pig mum and pig dad, then. Um, but, yeah, no, you go to a butcher's and get, like, a little sheet of uh, pig, pig skin for pennies. Oh. Um, so yeah, but it stinks and it's kind of gross. Mm. So mm. don't really do that for too long. And then tattoo yourself usually on your like your, your thighs, oh. anywhere that you can reach easily. Um, I didn't do a, a, an awful lot of that because it sucked. <laughs> um, it was a bottle of wine in one hand, Oof. tattoo machine in the other yeah. kind of moment. That seems like um, like giving yourself it, a shot. It's you know exactly yeah, it sucks because you, you're trying so hard to 
to do it right and you know learn from the experience so you don't have to do it too many times but then you're also your your instinct is to not hurt yourself so mm. it's a real weird sensation <laughs> um and then from that i moved on to uh stupid friends who should have known better <laughs> um that were all every, already pretty heavily tattooed so it was you know didn't really notice much of a of a change there and then from that once you've kind of got you know some basics down then you can uh advertise as an you know an apprentice tattooer and clients will come in aware that you're an apprentice and you'll tattoo them for free and then you know maybe charge a little bit of money but still you know mm. they're aware that that's that's the deal um but I know of over in the states it, it varies state by state. Um, I think in Virginia, if I remember correctly, you have to declare as an apprentice for like a minimum of so many years, and mm, before wow. you can uh, advertise as a fully fledged artist, things like that. Oh, that's it. I I had no idea. I thought like you could just open up shop, but that I guess that would make sense. You probably wind up with a lot yeah. of really horrible lawsuits if you were like, I'm a professional, and, <laughs> yeah, but I don't know what an eagle looks like. So, yeah. what's the process like? If somebody, I know that a lot of tattoo artists have books of like, you know, here's the heart, here's the the thorn thing around your arm mm -hmm. and stuff like that. But when somebody has a, they want something more custom, what is the process? Do they, can they come in and say, hey, I have this general idea for something yeah. and, then you, and you do I mean, that's drawings. generally how the vast majority of, of our work goes. Oh, um, okay. We, um, we don't, in our studio, we don't have flash, it's called, so existing designs to choose from. Mm -hmm. um, I mean, we, you know, you can paint designs that we want to do and you know put them up around the shop and people can look and say oh i like that and you can say well you can have it oh, nice. um but there's um trying to do this without sounding like kind of condescending but there's um <laughs> we don't know like um you know some other less reputable shops maybe might like um not less reputable that's a really horrible way of putting it but <laughs> other shops will might buy in designs um uh -huh. and just tattoo them from the wall and I, I don't think there's anything wrong with that. It's just not how we operate. We generally, we're a fully custom studio, so, and, and most studios I know uh, near where we are are all the same. It's kind of the done thing these days is, is kind of pretty much all custom. So a customer will come in and they'll say, well, I could say anything. Sometimes I'll say, I want a tattoo, but I don't know what. <laughs> and you kind of, you know, you can ask some questions, probe a little bit, see if you can find something out. But more often than not, those people kind of send them to go and do a little bit of homework and come yeah. back to you with a bit more of a something to go on. Um, and then on the other end of the scale, you get the people that know exactly what they want and want to micromanage the whole thing. Oh, God. Um, and they're just the worst. <laughs> um, <laughs> We're going to be because, together for the next five hours. Great. Yeah. The ideal customer is, is someone that comes in and, and says, I have an idea or a theme, um, but I've seen your work. I know what you're about, and this is the area of my body I want to get tattooed with this theme. Uh, go nuts, mm. and oh, that's, that's great. Nice. Yeah. Um, the people that say, "Oh, just do whatever you want," that's just terrifying. <laughs> <laughs> being staring at a blank piece of paper, being told to write a novel—it's just. I put my name on what? you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, and yeah, so if, if you can give us a bit of direction, a bit of a theme, but then other than that, just a lot of trust, then then that's the best bet. And um, then, you know, we're always happy to tweak a design once you've seen it and change little bits that you like, but as long as it's not 
taking the piss. Uh, I just had a, a question, and forgive my stupidity. You said you don't have Flash in your studio? Is not, that, no, not really, no. What is, is that the program or like... Sorry, so Flash is the is the industry term for like preset designs. Oh, oh, I see uh, what you mean. So, okay, yeah, so you don't have the flip flash. books. Okay, so... Yeah, so those flip books, yeah, you'd, that, you'd call that Flash, yeah. I oh, okay, sure. so you, uh, you're... Just a better studio than all the others is what I'm hearing. I wouldn't. I would, <laughs> I would, no, I wouldn't say that. It's it's just a different school yeah. of thought with tattooing. That's all. And, and but the more modern kind of way of doing it is is pretty much all custom. Mm-hmm. Hey, can I ask how? Uh, like I I've seen the machines, the the tattoo pen, but like how, like how, I still don't understand. How does the ink work? Like, is it going so, under the skin? Like, tell me. Yeah, it goes just under the skin. So. Again, this is where uh, my, my lack of scientific knowledge is, is going to make me look stupid. No. But so I, I couldn't tell you exactly which layer. If I do know, but I've forgotten right now, I promise. <laughs> Somewhere under the uh, the epidermis. Um, In the bone, so the way the machine the works, it, there's different kinds of machines. So the, generally the, the two will be like a coil-based machine or a rotary machine. So a rotary machine is just a motor with a cam on top. And as the cam kind of moves round, it makes that oscillating motion, yeah. which pushes a needle back and forth. And then that needle will sit in a in a tip that you that you hold, that will keep it more or less in place. Um, and then the the linear movement is made by that cam rotating on the motor. Um, the old the loud kind of the bzz machines, <laughs> mm. they're typically the coil machines. So that works on a principle of like an electromagnet, which will be um, an iron core with copper wire around it and then when you put your foot down on a pedal it completes a circuit so then that core becomes a magnet which pulls down a metal bar that's attached to the needle um but on the other side of that metal bar is a spring so as soon as that um metal bar pulls down onto the magnet it breaks uh, a circuit on the, the the spring and then as soon as that circuit's broken then the core stops being magnetic and the spring pulls the bar back, which completes the circuit, which turns it into a magnet and pulls it forward. What are you talking about? You're going to sound and, stupid. And so on. <laughs> so it's, it's just, it's that constant breaking and completing of the circuit and the spring in between that kind of has it great. It's, it's basically an old doorbell mechanism. Oh. Yeah, it sounds um, like a sewing machine too. Yeah, exactly. And then, you, you know, you find a lot of kind of old tattoo machines or like homemade tattoo machines that are made from you know old doorbell mechanisms because it's almost identical wow i think there was an old thomas edison designed for an electric pen um which was adopted into the kind of early oh tattoo yeah machines. we were joking about that at, a, at uh, in field the other day yeah, yeah that's yeah. that's when he brought that up well so, where's the ink yeah. then is there like a well that it- so the ink yeah you'll just have a little pot if you imagine like an ink well that you'd write you know back in the old days um and so you dip the uh, the needle oh. again i'm miming this for some reason <laughs> um you dip the needle into the into the, uh, the pot of ink and then there'll be in the tip where if you imagine like the tip of a pen and then there'll be a needle going inside that attached to a metal bar um so the tip will hold like a little reservoir of oh. ink mm-hmm. and then as the needle goes in and out it kind of dips re-dips into that little reservoir until it runs out and then you dip it again how often do you have to dip? Depends on the machine. Um, uh, depends on the, the you know the, the area that you're doing or the technique, how fast you're moving, all kinds of different variables. But you know, every few lines. 
Have you like have you ever had someone um, just either pain or fear or just the reconsidering um, stop in the middle of a tattoo and not want to finish? Um, not so much. I've had a couple of people like at the end of a really long like full day just kind of say I'm I'm done kind of thing. But those are the kind of things that you probably weren't gonna finish that day anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, generally, I've kind of thrown the towel in for people a few times when, when people pass out. Oh, oh. Um, that's one of the times that you know, depending on how severe it is, then sometimes you kind of don't feel comfortable mm-hmm. carrying on. And yeah, there's there's some people think there's like a a reaction in the skin after mm-hmm. someone passes out, and it makes it more difficult. And I honestly couldn't tell you whether that's true or not, but I know some people. Uh, feel that it's the texture of the skin changes wow. and it makes it more difficult. So whether that's true or not, I have no idea, but that's the line that they sling. So. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Why chance it? Why chance it? Yeah. So if, when you I have to do there, that, so. oh, sorry. Uh, when you have to do that, do they come back uh, for another session or have you had somebody that you... Yeah. Oh, okay. Well. <laughs> like, well. does somebody, is someone out there walking around with a half-done tattoo? That they <laughs> yeah, I mean, it, it depends. Um so the only the only times I've some people have passed out and then not come back to finish it, there's a couple. There's one one guy pissed himself, oh. um, and I felt so bad for that dude. Oh, um, he was having this. Uh, it wasn't me that was tattooing him. Actually, it was a colleague at an old studio I worked at, and he he passed out, and I was just I was sat and I looked across and <sighs> saw this uh, this puddle on the floor like dripping from his chair, and I assumed he had like a drink or something that he'd spilled whilst he passed out. And then you, I don't know if you've ever seen anyone pass out, but you know sometimes they can have like little spasms. Mm. And um, my colleague who was tattooing him was kind of like, "Mate, mate, are you okay?" And and I said, "It's all right. That's that's normal. Don't worry about it." And then I saw, I looked across, and there was no drink, just this like, you know, puddle in his jeans. So I'm so I'm there saying, "Don't worry, that's normal." And I looked and saw this puddle and said, well, "That's not." Ooh. And then we'd kind of looked at each other, tried not to laugh, and then, then the guy. <laughs> came round because you know when people pass out it's only for a few seconds mm-hmm. and um and he kind of looked around all confused didn't know where it was then he looked at his crotch and I went oh, oh. and uh, like we offered to you know to clean him up and stuff if we said do you want to go home and get changed and come back or do you want to just carry on he's like oh no I'll carry on <laughs> and then uh, he was supposed to come back to get that finished and he never did oh, um and there was a woman only a few weeks ago actually who uh, threw up on me no. Which is a first in my career. <laughs> um, and, and yeah, I think I was kind of too freaked out by that one to, to, to finish. And in fact, she did come back to finish it, but I think she was so nervous that we couldn't actually get the rest of the tattoo done. So, what, Was she like, had she been drinking or was she just like at the tension? No, it's just, I think generally when people pass out, it's usually because they haven't eaten properly. So I think it's like a blood sugar thing. Uh. Um, so you're, you're, um, your blood pressure drops and then you, you, the, your um, blood sugar levels um, again not a doctor but as I understand it uh, makes you pass out really so uh, most people no matter how nervous they are as long as they've had a good bit to eat and some sugar in them like generally some natural sugar you know some fruit juice something yeah. like that um, <laughs> absolutely fine so you can be terrified about it it's, it's never the pain in most people who pass out say so mm-hmm. that the tattoo isn't even painful wow it, it's just it's just you know the combination of blood sugar and nerves what a bizarre um, thing I had but no yeah it, it kind of makes some people people feel queasy you kind of lie them down give them a bit of sugar um 
some chocolate, or whatever, and then they normally feel fine. But they do say when they, you know, when they feel lightheaded, they can feel queasy and stuff. But that's the first time I'd ever seen anybody actually. Who would have thought? Like, grab a snack before you get a tattoo. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, hundred percent. Well, whole bunch of advice, really. You want to get a good night's sleep, um, wake up at a decent time, get a good breakfast, and on the way down there, some like whole grain, some natural sugar. And uh, keep your energy up. Yeah. Wow. This this is something I would never have suspected. Yeah. Yeah. A lot of people don't know it, but it's it's good to uh, to do. I mean, if you go into a reputable studio, they kind of think they should give you a heads up anyway. Mm-hmm. But yeah. Um, I was curious. So you you said you have kids. How many kids do you have? Mm-hmm. Two. Two. How old are they? So my eldest is three next month, and my younger is six months old. Oh, wow, fresh out of the oven. Congratulations. (laughs) Thank you. Um, Now, how will you feel about their getting tattoos when they get older? I don't care as long as they get good ones. (laughs) (laughs) It's a quality control. As long as they don't go to some sketchy backstreet idiot or someone's kitchen. And, you know, if they come to me and, you know, tell me what they want I'm, even if it's not me that does it I'll put them in contact with somebody that you know might do it better I was going to um, ask would you be able yeah. to do it on your own kid or would like you know I think I might be too nervous yeah I mean I have the similar yeah. thing with my wife when you know she, she wants I've tattooed her a few times but um, you know she, she talks about getting more tattoos and it makes me so nervous because <laughs> I think I have to look at that every day for the rest of my life. <laughs> it's, <laughs> it's permanent. Way more that and tattooing other tattoo artists is it's just so nerve-wracking. I bet. I can tattoo anybody else and, you know, not bat an eyelid, but, yeah, family and other tattoo artists. It's yeah. like starting all over again. Oh, God, yeah. yeah the worst, uh, you know, the worst kind of stand-up show you can do, I'm, I'm a comedian, the worst show uh-huh. you can do is a show filled with industry or comedians. They're just, yeah. they're always deadly. They're Because they know. Fun. They know. <laughs> yeah. They know your secrets. Yeah, yeah. They're all going, they're going to five other shows after this and they just <laughs> saw a hundred up, They know exactly how yeah. and why. <laughs> it's so unfun. Yeah. Um, who's the? Uh, we got a couple of more questions, then we're gonna wrap it up. But uh, who's the okay. oldest person you've uh, tattooed? Uh, I believe like sixty-eight. Wow! What did they yeah. get? Um, oh just a whole bunch of like background stuff. It was um, one of my uh, colleagues, regulars, but he he got a little bit done by uh, by me at one point. I think I could be just completely confusing myself with somebody else. But there was a guy who came in the studio really regularly. And my colleague who usually tattooed him didn't do it. And I think we all had a go on him. Um, <laughs> and he, he got his first tattoo when he was like 57. Oh, wow. And then um, by the time he came to us, he was like, yeah, like 67, 68, and just covered like uh, like face, neck, head, what? everywhere. What? Did he uh, say what made him want to do that? No, just <laughs> why not, you know? I think a lot of it you find because there's this big like resurgence in, in tattooing and uh, it's, you know, it's super mainstream it's ever since your yeah, Miami inks and things like that. Yeah, uh, I think just the the attitude towards it is, is shifted. So you see a lot of older people who might have wanted one back in the day, but always, you know, it was too frowned upon. Yeah, and uh, never dared kind of uh, pop that one. They um, they kind of feel like they can now, and they want to edge into it and feel a bit more liberated by it. Yeah, for but a yeah, long- it's a kind of a double-edged sword for me. I think I, I like that, you know it it pays my bills now and I get to do the job I love every day and feel like I retired at 24. But <laughs> at the same time, I, 
I like that tattoos are a little bit naughty, and it's uh, it's, it's less and less like that every day. That's so funny. There's it's becoming too reputable. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> there's a there's a, the stereotype here used to be like it was drunk sailors in town for like yeah. off their shift they'd get that, that it'd either be that or like sorority girls getting a tramp stamp or like bikers. Yeah. That was it. Yeah. Like well, those were the well, three the funny people. Funny thing is. It went way back when, when it first started, it was like nobility and royalty, in this country at least, that uh, started getting tattooed because they, they'd get them from Japan. So it was a, a show of wealth that I can afford to sail to Japan and here's my oh. tattoo I got in the Orient, you know, you know what I mean? <laughs> wow. So that was like their show of, you know, it was the, the wealthy people that got them. And then as they, they started bringing Japanese people over to England, again, because they could afford to, and it was like another show of was like I, I'm I've got I'm sorry Richard brought the guy to me, um, and then uh, it became like you say the sailors and the military um, for various like you know good I, I tattooed a guy who works on a nuclear submarine quite recently with some like the old traditional good luck you know pig mm-hmm. and uh, rooster kind of things and <laughs> that that stuff still happens but yeah it's it all became all like that side of society that were getting them and then the nobility didn't want to be associated with it and they were like oh no. <laughs> this, is, uh, this is this is for the ruffians, but yeah. So despite that still being the prevailing attitude that it's for military and sailors and people like yeah. that, wasn't always the case. Wow, dude, this has been this is yeah. fascinating. We I didn't know like any of this, and this is like the other. This is the happy part of our shows. Like even when it's a <laughs> when it's a really bleak story, you still learn a lot. But when it's just like yeah. this is really cool. Yeah. Oh um, man, there's a there's a whole I could fill books and books with things that I don't know. Um, <laughs> so you're just getting little snippets of the uh, the little bits that I do manage to pick up. Uh, well, this has been great. Um, I think I believe Sean has one last I have question. One for last you. question for you. And uh, so, if there are ghosts, do you mm-hmm. think they have the tattoos that they got in life? Ooh. Oh man, that's, that's a great one. Mm. Um, so I'm I'm a huge skeptic about most things. Yeah. Um, but I think if there was going to be anything like that, I reckon it's some sort of residual energy about some sort of unfinished business purpose thing. And I, I don't think it would be tied to a corporeal form. Mm-hmm. So no tattoos. Yeah. Come no, on, John. I think they'd leave them behind. Yeah, it's, it's just for the suit. Okay. And I'll tell you what, if it was if it was me, I'd believe in a bunch of mine behind, I tell you. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, Bob, thank you so much. This has been delightful. And uh, yeah, is there? A, can you tell us like? Do, do you can you tell us uh, what the name of your studio is so we can uh, put yeah, it down? Yeah, uh, I work at Rouge Studios in Headingley in Leeds, UK. Um, if you want to look yeah. at us or me online, I'm on Instagram, bfh underscore tattoo. Um, yeah, awesome. um, have a look. And it, you said it's Rude Studios, so not none rude of the, none of this uh, socially acceptable tattoos. No, these are rude no. tattoos. No, rude. fuck you. We're rude. Is it rude or rouge? Rude. Oh, rude. Oh, yeah. it is. I had okay. it right. How I, dare you yeah. mansplain Ugh. words to me? I, I, I masked. I masked a question. Wow. Oh, there. Megan just popped it up. That's awesome. Oh yeah, these are beautiful. We're gonna we're gonna follow you on Instagram and uh, don't awesome. you, yeah don't follow us back. It, we just have pictures of our pets. It's stupid. <laughs> oh my god, is that Forrest pets. Gump? Yeah, that's my wife. <laughs> you, you oh. She's obsessed. Yeah. <laughs> I, I did that on my wife. Yeah. What? She, um, our second daughter was born at home, and while she was in labor in the pool, she watched Forrest Gump <laughs> and Dirty Dancing. <laughs> 
Oh, that's so beautiful. That Tom Hanks, so Tom Hanks, if you're listening to this podcast, my wife fucking loves you. Oh, oh my, my God. God. This is amazing. You guys, please go. Please go. BFH underscore tattoo. You got to check this out. It's, it's <laughs> this is beautiful. Uh, Bob, this has been an awesome treat to get to talk to you. No, thank you. I had a bunch of fun. I'm, I'm a huge podcast fan, but I'm quite new to the whole thing, so I'll definitely have to check out you guys. Well, we're pretty new, too, so... Yeah. Getting some, uh, <laughs> some back episodes. We're just, like, 20 episodes in or something, so it's not... Oh, yeah. sweet. Yeah, we're not long-standing. Oh. Uh, well, this has been great. Yeah, thank you guys for uh, listening to Stupid Human Suits. Thank you to Bob, and thank, thank you, you to, to our Megan. producer, Megan. Bob, have a great night. You too. Bye. Bye. Thank you. Bye-bye. <laughs> And now we close our show with a secular prayer. Our fellow humans who are here and now, hallowed be thy consciousness. Thy kingdom floats in a universe so vast, it's like totally bananas, man. Therefore, be kind to each other and don't eat so much bread. Ask forgiveness of your trespasses and forgive those who trespass against you. Because all of us can be really fucking annoying. For thou art the mind inside thine stupid human suit, the only one of its kind. We are thus also, and that must simply be enough. Amen. Amen. It's amen. Amen. Okay. For more shows like the one you just listened to, go to cavecomedyradio.com.